Welcome to Rise Smile Films, the film review podcast that mixes cinema with fine spirits. Journey with us as we encounter new, old, and strange films with the occasional dabble into sports and music. Proceed with caution as these podcasts feature spoilers and some mature language. This is Matt. And this is Jesse. Today on tap, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania, starring Paul Rudd, Evangeline Lilly, Jonathan Majors, Catherine Newton, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Michael Douglas. Written by Jeff Loveness and directed by Peyton Reed. Welcome back to Rice Smile Films. It's time to continue on uh, with our inevitable Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's kind of like a cask in of itself. We just, we just do it every four or five months, right? <laughs> Keeps getting brought back from the dead. Dark Ex- Phoenix style. Exactly, but this is kind of a big film. This is the uh, alleged start of the phase five of this multiverse saga. We're supposed to kind of be gearing towards something and i think we're going to get that a little with this film with the introduction of the big bad that we'll get into but this is supposed to be i think a pretty big film on their radar and based on the reviews and i don't know if you checked the box office numbers but it had a 70 percent drop last week which Mm -hmm. is the biggest uh first to second week drop in the entire cinematic universe maybe not getting off to the best start right no (laughs) No, but off to a good start is this Basil Hayden that we have this week. That's a damn good start. <laughs> when when has Basil Hayden's ever let us down? That's I know it's a very reasonably priced bottle for a reasonably priced bourbon for you know a lot of quality. So we got the regular basil. Mm-hmm. You got the subtle smoke, which is what we're drinking today. Rye. Then you we got the rye. Uh, we've had the rye, the dark rye, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And then there's the toasted. Mm-hmm. All pretty solid, and there's a green label in there, and I can't remember what the, it's like a 10-year age or something, and then there's one finished in like, like, I think wine casks, it has like a kind of like a maroon label, so I think there's a couple yet to try, but those ones are a little harder to find. They branched out pretty well, haven't they? That's a really solid label, I can't recommend that one higher. Mm. Can I recommend this movie? Speaking of toasted, <laughs> let's talk about this oh movie. Oh gosh, you're, let's uh, get toasted, Jesse. Uh, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're, uh. You're not beating around the bush this week. Let's get started with our flight question. <laughs> Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd meet you? So can I tell you before you get into this? Yeah. I used to love Welcome Back, Cotter for that very song. It's a pretty good song. Oh, man, is it good. John Sebastian? So good. I've seen a few episodes of that show myself with my dad. Still love it. Yeah. Horshack and, you know, Vinnie Barbarino, right? Yep. Washington. <laughs> yeah. So good. Up your nose with the rubber hose. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Horshack. Epstein. Hey, Epstein. you know Horshack's in uh, one of the Friday the 13th films in the cold open. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll talk about him in a couple of years. Exactly. But, okay, this whole genesis, Hank Pym is the genesis of this question, and then I think inevitably yeah. our nightcap. Um, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit to start the episode, but I want you to give me your top three most underutilized characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We'll do how we do three, three, two, two, one, one. Want me to go first? Yeah. I think this character did have 
amount of screen time that might make this a bit questionable, but I'm going to go with it anyway. And number three for me is vision. Um, <laughs> I know that his mind stone or whatever the hell stone was in his head was really important, but <clears throat> if that was played out properly, and this might lead into the, the nightcap question too, if his story is played out properly, there's a whole lot more runway that they could have used that they didn't. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that he didn't show up. Like he looked great. I don't think he ever was brought into the fold with the immense power that he had. And then the ties with AI, not that I'm looking for any more AI stories, yeah. finding sentience, you know that. <laughs> but in his particular case, yeah. I think it's, it's um, a bit of a miss. And there's not really, I mean, I guess you could go back because he is technically a machine, so you could rebuild him. Make him again, yeah. But So that's my number three. He's vision. also my number three, too. Yeah. And I kind of thought, I was like, you know, he has had a pretty decent part and, you know, he shows up in Ultron for the first time. And I love his philosophy in Civil War. I mean, I was I was like, I'm Team Vision. Yeah. <laughs> Just the way he kind of breaks down the conflict and what it means for humans and, you know, himself as this sentient thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I know he's the Mind Stone. I know he had to kind of, but he's kind of a backseat player in Infinity War when, you know, they really could have used him on the playing field. Yeah. And it's not like they resurrected him for Endgame, so he's kind of gone. And he's used very sporadically in WandaVision, mainly as comedy, mm -hmm. until White Vision shows up at the end. But I, I think there's a little more play out of this character than they're they're really getting. I, I think Paul Bettany plays him pretty good. I'm with you. So I think there's a lot of comics that they could kind of derive from to to get a really good vision story. Yeah, he's he's there's no way he's done. I think I think he's showing up, but it, I think they need to use him a little bit better. Yeah. No argument here, obviously. Mm -hmm. We do number two. Mm -hmm. You want to go first on number two, so make sure you don't have the same one. I don't steal yours again. Sure. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Nick Fury, Samuel Jackson. I know he's kind of been very important, and he's kind of been the linchpin to tie, you know, the forming of the Avengers together, but he's also kind of taken a back seat in a lot of these films. You know, his probably his most pronounced role was in uh, Winter Soldier, right? But, you know, after Ultron, he's kind of gone. I mean, he shows up in Captain Marvel, and I know he's going to show up in Secret Inv in Invasion, the the television show. But Nick Fury could have like I think a larger footprint in this universe as this supreme authority being Shield or No Shield. Like, dude, where's the Fury, man? I'm with you. Yeah, good choice. My number two is T'Challa, actually, the Black Panther mm -hmm. original. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we both have some hope on where that may go next, but. It wasn't that he wasn't in enough films, in my opinion, because he wasn't. But I think he was brought in too late. That should have been phase two with him at the latest. Mm -hmm. but they really missed with him as an opportunity, and I think they're struggling with it. We're going to talk about it today, I hope. Yeah. Is to find new environments to cast these characters in yeah. that present interesting things to do in the environment. You know, sooner or later, we're going to get the proverbial ice storm mm -hmm. and, you know, we've had the water. But what Wakanda offered mm -hmm. and what that could have brought out and where it is now, like, I don't, I just don't see Nakia or whoever the um, Shuri yeah. ever kind of taking the mantle of him the way that he did. And plus, he was so good at it. Yeah. Um, so you're yeah. I, you, so you're saying you know we should have introduced him sooner and yeah. then had a couple more appearances you know before his untimely passing, right? Yeah, was I think he was like middle phase three. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it was the film before Infinity War. It was end of phase three. So we saw him first in Civil War, right? Yeah, yeah that's so right, right. that's right. But his film, yeah, but yeah. You're, I mean, it's too late, and it, it raises question: Did they ever have a plan for him to come in, and then they decided to, uh, who knows? 
Or was it deemed too risky too early, right? I mean... That's dumb. Yeah, that is dumb. <laughs> it, we've seen, like, if you take the Avengers and what Cap and Iron Man and even the Hulk to a certain degree bring, they all are the same character kind of fighting in the same environment. Now, they may do it patriotically or mm-hmm. tech or social emotional wellness yeah. <laughs> um, with the Hulk. But Wakanda was a different place that we hadn't seen. And to Marvel's credit... They really did do a good job with Wakanda. Yeah. I'm going to go with T'Challa at number two. That's, a, that's interesting, yeah. Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that a little bit sooner. Maybe even before Strange and Ant-Man. Like, mm-hmm. that would have made sense, too. Because, you know, there's that whole vibranium component in Age of Ultron. Like, yeah, they should have brought him in before that. Like, and then he could have been a player there, too. Yeah. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> My number one, I, I toyed around with the Hulk, and maybe the Hulk is not maybe underutilized, but maybe it's execution with him. Like he's a he's a, he's a walking joke right now. <laughs> okay, sorry, dude. <laughs> okay, that's um, my number one, by the way. Okay, yeah, I'll let you talk about it here in a second. My number one, and it's kind of at fault of just you know rights and issues, um, but they need to get this character back into the fold quickly. I think I think it's Quicksilver. Yeah. Uh, all that play between him and Wanda, right, as brother and sister. And then, you know, they got to bring that Magneto thing in here sooner rather than later as well. But that kind of speed element, I think, power-wise, is a mm-hmm. whole lot different than yep. everything else they're dealing with. I mean, it worked really well in the Days of Future Past and Apocalypse, his little sparse Evan Peters part. But whether it's him or Aaron Taylor Johnson, like, or did they recast it? I really don't care. But that character, I think, needs to be... He was an original not original lineup Avenger, but he was like F issue like five or six, right? The defenders, yeah, right? Him yeah. and him and Wanda, right? Mm-hmm. So I think they're, I think they're missing that element. I think that could just, you know, make the, all these powers that are just really blur together. Yeah. <laughs> he could really stand out and have a central piece going forward. Well, and to what you said, and I, I said defenders and that's because I'm ahead of myself. I didn't mean the defenders. Um, he and Wanda's relationship and then Wanda's lineage this is Marvel Comics proper mm-hmm. with ties to Magneto. Yeah. Is such a nice entry point into not only the Avengers, but the X-Men. Yeah. And if you keep that, then what you might possibly get is we can argue this, but what I'm gonna say is the second best Marvel MCU film, which is Civil War yeah. after Infinity War. Mm-hmm. You get another version of that because everybody wants AVX, yeah. Avengers versus X-Men. Oh, you know that that's gotta be it's gotta the, be coming. But it's you know, we're talking about like seven or eight years from now. Yeah. Yep. Well, um, I'll have an honorable mention, but you actually mentioned my number one. Sure. Okay, everybody, you can throw whatever hate you want at me because I know that I make this example at least once a month, and that's the problem with Hulk is he only smashes. That's yeah. my number one is the Hulk. Yeah. Until somebody comes along and figures out how to do it in a cool way, and I don't mean Professor Hulk. Oh, yeah, that's stupid. Why bother? We don't need another brain that's less strong than Thor. What What's the good? That's called Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. In the mid of the aughts, maybe like three through eight, there was a really good run with Hulk that introduced a lot of new characters, sort of figured out the Red Hulk, figured out, you know, a better villain than like the leader or some silly thing like that. that like World War Hulk around yep. that time, yeah. World War Hulk, like that period. Yeah. There's about a seven-year period in there where Hulk was actually readable, mm-hmm. and it was really not readable for a long time. Yeah. The way they've used him is, I think, necessary. They need Braun. Mm-hmm. 
But then you can argue like, well, then what's Thor's purpose? Okay, I'm not going to argue with that either. Mm -hmm. But there's a lot of traction that they did if they would have taken, I think, what the show did well. Yeah. And that we've seen it. They've yeah. they played with it a little bit here and there. You know, um, Natasha finding him, son's getting pretty low, big guy, <laughs> like all that, you know, the refugee in the middle yeah. of nowhere. To, yeah. There was some stuff there. And along the way, Jesse, mm -hmm. I mean, the story, the Hulk story we never got was Hulk is on the lamb or banners on the lamb going somewhere. And in the middle of somewhere runs into bad guy X. I don't care who give me the wrecking crew. I don't give some brawny. They do, they do do a little of that in the Edward Norton one where he's like kind of off in Brazil and hulks out. Right. But you know, I, I'm, I, I know what you're talking about. Like, cause the story then is I can contact whoever the, I trust from the Avengers guy on the run, which yeah. wouldn't be cap. Cause you gotta feel like cap would turn him in or maybe not. And oh, dude, he's turning them in. Right, don't you think? <laughs> yes. A small team up yeah. to take, and that we never got that story. What's really great about the TV show, you know, we're talking about the Bill Bixby Ferrigna show, right? It was just, you know, this kind of adventure a week. Mm -hmm. But then you really get into this humanity with the Banner character. And yeah. I think that's what they need to nail first. Like, Banner can't be the quipping guy going toe-to-toe -to -toe with Stark, right? And that's what it turned into through the Josh Whedon. Deadly stoic. Yeah. The Josh Whedonification of all these characters where they're just quick. And we're going to talk about Paul Rudd too, because man, he's throwing out some zingers too, man. He ain't no different than star Lord in this film. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's true. But Banner's doing it too. And like, the, where's the tragic, you know, Jekyll and Hyde thing. This guy doesn't want to be this monster. And this is a curse to him um, and a brilliant mind. And I don't think we really see any of that really. And I like Ruffalo's casting. I, think, I do too. I think that, and he could have done it. I think that works, yeah. I'm not sure where in this the seasons of the Hulk it is. How many seasons were there? Three? I think five. Five. Okay, in one of those seasons, he meets a woman who he tells what his problem is to. And they start working on trying to trap that part of the Hulk inside his brain. And I remember distinctly their therapy sessions. Mm -hmm where they were putting him in cage after apparatus, after place, after place, after place, trying to contain him, and he kept breaking out. Yeah. And the argument she was making was, if we can keep him here in your brain, then we can, you know, like, mm -hmm. I thought that was really smart. And yeah. there's a little bit of that here and there, a little bit of that here and there, but sort of surprised that this is my answer. I can't believe I'm coming to the Wolfman just wolfs out. And then once it happens, then what's the movie going to do? Cause all he does is mate and eat. Yeah. Well, he pokes out and all he does is smash and hulk back in. So he <laughs> smash and quip his way around until you come up with something that is the Hulk movie. We, yeah. We, we all wanted. And you know, the thing about it too, they have with all these Marvel projects, there is source material. Uh, yeah. Just go, look, just go start digging, go to the texts, just start digging. That's saying that, and then uh, you didn't even venture down the She-Hulk route. I'm telling you, Matt, it got a lot worse with Mr. Hulk. <laughs> yeah, I, know. I did one episode and said that was all. Yeah. You Dude, did, they, did they, you do the whole show? No, I'm like still stuck in the middle of it. You can't do it, huh? It's so tough. It's just, it's just not, it's just dumb. It, it's just not good. Yeah. Uh, even with uh, even with Charlie Cox in there, because he's in it a little bit, right? And I kind of like do him in a weird comedic twinge, too. Mm -hmm. Um and they introduce hulking, which now we're getting freaking ridiculous. And hulkling, uh, yeah, hulkling, yeah. Oh, and then at the very end, I don't know if you knew this, but they introduced Scar in the last episode. His son, dude, get out of here. We're done. Yeah, we don't need a team of hulks. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, that's brutal. You said you had an honorable mention. What was? Yeah, it was. It's Daredevil. Mm -hmm. um, for all the things that 
have occurred in his television show. Mm-hmm. And two of those three th- seasons are outstanding. I feel like they're really, really late getting him on board because he fits a lot of character holes that this new team, I'm doing quotes around team, mm-hmm. needs to fill. Yeah. I think his time's coming, right? It's, it's just be. it's just taking a little too long, but it's also an area that I'm more interested in because I thought about this more than one time watching this film last night. I was like, oh my God, just like all this like quantum jumping mm-hmm. and these parallel universes and whatever the hells. Yep. I just want to get in the streets and beat some baddies, man. <laughs> Okay, I think we've set a theme for today. I just want to just, can't we just get into an alley brawl and just, we've got broccoli people. Let's get into it, right? Let's get into some broccoli people. Okay. Chocolate broccoli. Here we we (laughs) go into our review breakdown of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. I used to ask myself a lot of questions. Scott, you're at X-Con. How are you an Avenger? That doesn't make sense. But everywhere I go, people tell me the same thing. Thank you, Spider-Man. People still need help, Dad. That's why we made this. Like a satellite for deep space, but Quanta. Wait, wait a minute. You're sending a signal down to the quantum realm. Turn it off. Now! cool use of yellow brick road by elton john there in the trailer right yeah uh let's do this before we even start talking about the film i've been thinking about it all week uh i've revisited some different runs of ant-man comics and there's one i particularly liked it's called ant-man season one Mm. and it's essentially just a redo of his like origin story and it's extremely fascinating Mm. do you think this is going to take us down a whole rabbit hole here I don't know if it was Feige's decision. I don't know whose decision it was. If this was an Edgar Wright thing, remember when he was involved with that Ant-Man project? I don't know why they put so much emphasis on Scott Lang. Mm-hmm. Instead of Hank Pym. When Hank Pym is literally a linchpin in the entire Marvel Comics canon. Yeah. He, he makes Ultron. Right. Like He's the origin of Ultron and all the stuff with him and Janet Van Dyne, his wife. Yep. I mean, they could have still had told the same stories that uh, Scott and Hope are doing as Hank and Janet as Ant-Man and the Wasp. Do you think it was a really big mistake not going the Hank Pym route? Yes. Yes. And it just comes down to casting. You don't have to introduce Paul Rudd as Scott Lang. You can introduce Paul Rudd as Hank Pym. You don't have to take them into Pym Industries so aged. Mm -hmm. If Paul Rudd is too young... And I think Michael Douglas is a great casting choice, uh, but he's just, yeah, we need a young guy to play that. Then there's even like, again, not this character, but there's even that age range of like Keanu, Russell Crowe, like that late forties, maybe early Mm fifties that on film you can make still look like 40 by taking Hank Pym, who has as many demons outside the walls of the supernatural or metaphysical as anybody, including Tony Stark, mm-hmm. 
and put him up against liquor and domestic abuse and all of the things, and that's a hero, they've missed a great opportunity for internal conflict. And you know, not that we need to have each one of these Marvel characters be a think piece. No, I will, no. I hold, will. hold on, let me finish. Yeah. But, the, but the reason that Tony Stark's, Robert Downey Jr.'s Tony Stark did so well mm-hmm. is he did have that. Yeah. There was that regret, and he's like, sells weapons and all of that. Pathos, man. Right. Scott Lang, is, is he's fine, but he's just fine, and it could have been amazing. Yeah. Okay, so Scott go. Lang's just another Star-Lord, what Thor's become, what Peter Parker is. It's just it's just quippy guy, right? It's their go-to. That's what they fall back on. And I'll give, I'll give Peter Parker a little more credit. He's got a, a little bit better of a story, and they did him pretty good in the last Spider-Man movie, yeah. which was, you know, the last time I think we had fun with one of these things. Yeah, yeah. And uh, his arc in that film is really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, it's just, it's so one-dimensional. It's, it, it's called Ant-Man the Wasp, and they're barely characters in their own film. But not going the Hank Pym route, I mean, I think they just cut themselves out a lot of interesting stories. What's really good about that season one is it's this origin story. And, you know, this guy's trying to um, egghead industries is trying to pilfer the Pym particles. Right. And so they test it on on Hank Pym and then he shrinks down. He's like, oh, my God, like. And then it turns into the incredible shrinking man. He's running from tarantulas and he's hiding in anthills. And that's cool. I was like, I'd like to see that in a movie yeah. instead of, you know, whatever the hell we're doing here and screwing around with yellow jackets and just all that kind of stuff. But I thought that was a big miss. And then they could have weaved him into the Ultron story a little bit. And now you have a superior mind with Stark and Banner as the thinking guys of this universe. Scott Lang's just a bank robber, and there's nothing wrong with that. But that that, that character, this character, goes literally nowhere. So as the motivation, and I, I like Paul Rudd. Yeah, I mean, I do too. Yeah. As the motivation for the flight, this is the reason why. This, this is why he's number one on both of our lists. Yeah, this that, is the first thing I said. But you can't, you know, I'm like, oh, that's an easy one. But mm-hmm. you can't. We made that rule. You can't use the obvious from the film we're covering that week. Mm-hmm. This is also more fuel for our vision argument mm-hmm. because the vision and Ultron relationship is symbiotic as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big miss. Again, Paul Rudd's really good at it. He's a great Scott Lang if you want to play that comedic angle. And from time to time, they need it because I don't need any more dark, dark, dark DC in my life. Yeah. Which, and by the way, I have to stop you. Okay. <laughs> we went and saw um, Creed Three last night yeah. and the trailer is that new Shazam. Mm-hmm. That movie looks like an absolute yeah. disaster, That Jesse. looks like a hard miss, right? What a mess. Yeah. The, the trailer is just, he's got some corrosive disease on him. He wants to give up his powers. They're fighting the sisters of Atlas who aren't even in the comic. They just made him up for the movie. He's got a whole team of, of Captain Marvel. Like what a disaster, dude. Yeah, we, uh, I think we, you and I kind of barely tolerated and kind of sort of liked that first one, but I don't want a, a second trip around the sun with that guy. I don't know if I'm going to even see that. I'm, look, I don't know if I'm going to see that film. Yeah. I probably will, but I just right now I'm like, oof. Because you saw Black Adam, right? I did. Okay. <laughs> you see, you like diving into this superhero pool, man. I mean, I mean, it's not a fun ride. I'm a hypocrite. You know, I'm going to see it. Yeah, I, you know, I am. I'm, I'm, gonna I'm a huge. I'm, I'm, I'm going to see it. I'm a huge hypocrite too. Uh, but back to the comedic thing we we're talking about. Yeah. A little bit of levity is nice. It is. It is nice, but it, it can't dominate the entire film uh, either, in my opinion. Mm-mm. Anyway, yeah, I've been thinking about that all week, and I know Scott Lang became kind of like the go-to Ant-Man in the 2000s. Like, they, he kind of got over over, over Pym, but oh, I thought that was a miss, man. I mean, 
in Disneyland, you can go to Pim's Park. It's not the Lang Kitchen. It's the Pim Kitchen, right? right? right. It's just, I just, I think, I think there was just, it's a mistake that no one at, at Marvel Studios, Feige, would ever admit. But I'm announcing it because I've, I've, I'm admitting it. That's a huge mistake on their part. Lang's just really nondescript. Yeah. Like you said, he fits into the two writing tropes they use a lot, which is let's make our women bitchy mm-hmm. and let's make it when we don't know what to do with them, which is most of the women that Marvel writes. Yeah. And then the second thing is let's make our guys, if we don't know what to do, sassy, quippy guy. And there's a lot, even, even Stark to a certain, his was a bit more sarcastic and edgy, but they, they even kind of did that with him. Thor's that way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't Jesse, they just, yeah, they I kind know. of all write that in the same little pattern. We talked about that on love and thunder too, right? It's yeah. just, you know, it's just yeah. too, it's yeah. too much. And they don't know how to rein it, rein it in at all. So let me ask you a question. Let's, let's do this for a minute. Okay. Uh, you, by reading one series of the Ant-Man, have actually read more than I've ever read in my entire life. It's I've, actually not. It's not even. It's a one-off. It's just a 126-page, just one-off origin story. Okay. It's pretty great. I Check it out. All right. Um, what character traits, here you are in the, in the writer's room with yeah. me now, what character traits do you give Lang to make him stand out? I will give them credit. The thief thing is important as an ex-con. Like, I buy that. Yeah. But then what about it? Like, is that it? Because it doesn't that doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, not not anymore. I mean, they try to make it matter in this film, right? There's a whole thiefing scene, which was pretty ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, the thievery is good because it shows how he can get in and out, nondescript, right? Covertly, stealthily, using the shrinking powers. But you know, I also don't think of Lang as like a fisticuffs guy. No either. way. Yeah. No way. He's gotten good at it because he's had to fight a bunch of weird things, right? Um, and then the only other thing that they've kind of honed in really good, and it's kind of here in this film, is the relationship with his daughter, right? Mm-hmm. Being this absentee father. Uh, you know, and we blame the blip the last time, right? I mean, because he was gone for all those years while she was there and she grew up. Uh, but here, I mean, it's there, but then, like, you know, when they're, like, giant at the end of this film hugging, it's just like, I guess. I mean, yeah. I guess this relationship was on the rocks, but not really. When it's super big, it's not. I was mad at you for delving into the quantum and making a suit, but then I'm kind of not upset about that. I mean, again, no one goes anywhere in this film other than I think, you know, they do some interesting stuff with Kang here that we'll talk about. Okay. And then I think Janet, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, who I think is actually pretty good in this film. I do too. They actually have things to do. Yeah. Evangeline Lily may as well not even be in this film. Or even the second <laughs> film. Yeah. Yeah, even though that one's called Ant Man and the Wasp, mm-hmm. too. I thought about revisiting those first two just, you know, for research, and I just I didn't get around to that. So I did rewatch the first one. Okay. That movie's really good, but it's really good because they play the thief angle up and with his little team. Yeah, Michael Pena not have, being in this film, big huge. Big Bring him into the quantum realm with you guys. Yeah. Like if, if that, that that's a piece of comedy that works for me in this. Why did they not go that route? Yeah, his retelling of stories is is one of the best comedic things they've ever come up with. Sure, uh, and uh, yeah, so yeah, him not having him here is is interesting. But okay, fine. Let's talk about the opening scene of the film finally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we do kind of like a little kind of uh, prologue opening before uh, we get to present day with Janet back. And when do they get her out of the quantum? Is that in the second the second film? Yeah, they pull her out of it somehow. I, just, I couldn't remember that in. Whatever. Uh, so she she's floating around there, and she was there for decades, right? Like 35, 40 years possibly, just stuck in there. And see, then they're he, small years, though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're dog years. 
Uh, and so, you know, she's out here in the wilderness and this guy kind of crashes here and it's, it's Kang, Jonathan Majors here. And we're kind of like, oh, wow, these two knew each other ahead of time. And this isn't the first time we've seen this guy because he was floating around that Loki show, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this guy's kind of having a moment right now, right? I mean, this Creed 3, like, we're, mm-hmm. we're going to get real familiar with, with, with this guy. And I, and I think he's pretty good here. If we got to, like, going to poo-poo a lot of this film. I won't not not his performance, and I think his character has I think a lot of potential. I just don't know if it's in this film. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, to maybe piggyback on what you're saying a little bit, mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time in Marvel reading, not so much anymore. But uh, I didn't have a whole lot of history with Kang. Yeah. Certainly, I knew who he was and what he could do. I bought this big omnibus with him. Um, should be here. Tuesday, Wednesday. Okay. I'm going to jam through it and I'm going to read it because I think it's important for us to have at least a base knowledge of the big bad yeah, before going, we get into what's forward, coming next. Yeah. So I'm going to read it and let you read it. Um, I picked the best reviewed omnibus. Um, here's the thing though. That's good. I love comic research. Yeah. When, <laughs> it's, right, how it's fun. The best, the best guy. How fun. Yeah. You and I were particularly hard on in game and the decisions they made with time travel. Yes. And we've been pleading mm-hmm. on our show, which I'm sure Marvel listens to religiously. They should. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to take it back to the street level or out of the time travel. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Is it too early to do this now? I'm just going to say the way the film ends at the very, very, very end. Are we in the same circumstance with Kang that we've been with the other ones with our complaints, which is I don't know how much getting rid of any of these Kangs matter Yeah, because not only can he jump time, but because there is, I don't know, 60,000 in the next football stadium we oh see at the end of it. Oh my God, that. Yeah. Which is ripped right out of a Kang comic, by yeah. the way, from 1986. I don't know how you fight that. <laughs> Supposedly the Pharaoh one is like the second most powerful one. Okay. Um, regardless. Well, that has to be the Kang dynasty, right? Yes. I mean, like, that's probably that film yes. is like, we have an army of Kangs and we got to, like, dispatch them. That's cu- that's coming in the thing that I ordered. Okay, cool. Um, but to the point being here is, we have met He Who Remains mm-hmm. in the Loki show. And we talked about when we did that show how important yeah. he was. And I will argue this movie does make that character yeah. more important than we thought. Like, that is the linchpin for Kang. For a lot of different reasons. It's kind of a bad introduction for that Terrible. character. Like, Terrible. Don't put him in an episode seven of a show that we're already on the fence about. Like, You need to put him in one of these films. That way everyone kind of knows what the hell's going on here. With so many, though, Jesse, yeah. are they undoing all the work that they've set up because there's always going to be another Kang? Yeah, the time the time questions are never going to end. It, why are they doing that again? It's going to get really complicated. I think we're going to need to get a chart up in this room, and we're going to have to like kind of okay. keep track of... like. Which one goes where and which timeline? I'm game. Let's do it. Th- then there's the post post credit scene with Timothy. Wait, I have it. It's um Timothy Leary. <laughs> no, his name is Victor Timely. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, there you go. There's a first on the show. There you go. Oh yeah, prestige, uh, mm-hmm. magician, mm-hmm. Kang. <laughs> but then what the hell's Loki turning into? Is it? It's turning into Quantum Leap. It is. With him and Mobius? Dude, I want no part of any of that. <laughs> We've been pleading for the next big bad to be a street-level presence. And with the state of the Avengers where they are now, I see that that might be challenging. Mm-hmm. 
if what seems to be the beginning of the Avengers is Doctor Strange, he certainly can be effective on the street, but he's much more effective in the metaphysical or cosmic. I'll say this, though. Spider-Man gave him a pretty good run for his money in the, the mere dimension, right? Sure did. Yeah. But that gets the other one. It has to involve Spider-Man because no one else is going to give a shit if it's not Spider-Man at this point. I think he, or, you know, I know we've thrown out a bunch of predictions and a bunch of what ifs and who's he, what's it's. I think I think he's leading the Avengers in Kang Dynasty. Like I think Spider Man is literally at the crux of that. I don't because he's the only one I think that's really worked. That's the worst thing you could have told me today. Yeah. Because here's what I'm going to ask you. Yeah. How does Spider Man fight these guys? Okay. As much as we've been hard with Batman and his fucking batterings mm-hmm. trying to shoot Doomsday, mm-hmm. Spider Man is literally Batman on the stoop. He sticks to the wall, shooting webs at. It's true. The immortal Kang. Tra- yeah. Jesse, I know, I know. We, you set it up so well at the beginning, and Feige has said so. This is a really important crux linchpin for Phase 5 and all things Marvel going forward. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure now, because I haven't looked in the last week after this precipitous fall that you spoke about. Yeah, 70's significant. Second worst reviewed film in the Marvel... What's number one, by the it's way? The Eternals. Okay, well, well okay. Yeah. Second... Oh. <laughs> That's where you're starting with that. I guess the bar's low, so there you have that working for you. Yeah. But that's a really inauspicious beginning. Yeah. Or is it auspicious beginning? Yeah. Suspicious beginning. There you go. <laughs> Suspect regardless. Mm-hmm. We can keep throwing those words out. We do this for a living. Let's talk about Scott here. So we kind of oh, back ca- to Scott. Yeah, yeah. We, we catch up with him, and now it's like this is the first time we see him post Endgame, which, you know, he's finally readjusted to regular life. Uh, he's written a book about himself, which I think that's a book you can actually buy right now. You can, it really is. Which that's pretty silly to me that they spent, you know, someone wrote in the third person as a fictitious character, wrote the Scott Lang biography. Like, oh man, would we like, yeah. People at Marvel have way too much time on their hands, right? Yeah. (laughs) And you know, they they get a little bit of that. And I, I kind of like that angle that they were going with him of just like, man, he's really full of himself because he saved the universe. And like, he's like having a real hard time moving out of that spotlight, right? He loves his free little ice creams and his little, his free little coffees, right? Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, like, you know, ho- everyone's doing like much more important work around the ant family, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's what they are. In the hive. Yeah, in the, in the hive. I mean, his daughter, I mean, like, you know, the, the, like she's like trying to help like the homeless people and whatnot. She's getting arrested just like her dad. Uh, Hope's running the pimp of... Uh, uh, industries. Industries, like... That's very successful. And then Hank and, and Janet, you know, they're doing their own little fun experiments at home. And, like, they're at least doing something. Like, But then that's another thing. Like, I don't know how Scott fits into the science realm. He doesn't have those skills, right? I mean, he just has the suit. He's just kind of Hank's lackey. Yeah, you take that suit away from him. and like, He just, he's not a character no, anymore. No, he's not. <laughs> he's Hank's lackey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because, again, going back to like where this whole thing started. In the first film, we saw what his power was, and it's the ability to strategize a theft yeah. with his team. Without his team, he's just a guy in a suit. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of guys in suit in comics that work, Batman, but his superpower is his intellect and maybe his wallet. Yeah. Might say the same thing with Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. Scott doesn't have either one of those two things working for him. <laughs> he has no money. He's not smart. Right. He's got a special suit. You take it away. He's just a thief who ends up back in jail, so... Do you are we are we here for his personality? <laughs> like, I just let me draw one. This just came to me. Do you remember when we talked about Knives Out? Yes. Oh man. And how bitchy I was about. I don't know why 
they chose to do the Southern gentlemanly route with what's his name. And I've even seen the new, what the hell? Benoit Blanc. Benoit Blanc. Yeah. Because it's not disarming or overly charming. It's just in the same kind of manner. Mm-hmm. I think Scott Lang also plays on the good natured charm that they blessed his character with through writing, mm-hmm. but to no avail to disarm the opposition. Yeah. Like in a, if, if at least Ben one block can disarm the scene. Right. And kind of decipher what's going on there. Yeah. Even like a, a Ted Lasso kind of thing working. Yeah. Where you're just overly positive all the time to where you disarm your opponents. And you know, what's interesting about, um, that's an interesting character to bring up. You know, I think Daniel Craig plays him. Sure. Really great. His dialogue is interesting and germane to his character, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's like, oh, like like a southern draw, like thing. That at least makes the character stand out. Yes, and we remember him. Yes, Scott's got none of that. None of that. He's got a, a Paul Rudd stick that I think works way better in Knocked Up and Forty Year Old Virgin. Okay, so here it is then, Jesse. Yeah, and I like I like I'm, I love Paul Rudd. Yeah, I think he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. From his covering sticks on Kimmel oh, to my- like he he's hilarious yeah. is Paul Rudd just doing Paul Rudd yes. or is he doing Scott Lang yes I think most of these actors are doing impressions of themselves Chris Pratt's doing Chris Pratt yeah Paul Rudd's doing Paul Rudd yeah. uh, and he's doing it really you know, well and eventually you know Robert Downey Jr. as great as he was he was just doing RDJ right yeah there's no coaching acting in these films because they're a, a Affects spectacles, like right. I mean, like, so are we being dicks though? I no, mean, like, no, no, are no, we no, really no. saying right now no, the no. acting sucks in these films? I'll just say it doesn't suck because it's it's serviceable, but there's nothing special about it. Yeah, the characters don't stand out other than their powers, and that's bad writing. Okay, that's said it. pretty atrocious writing. And you know, we get to a little bit later. You know, with you know, Academy Award winner Michael Douglas. Uh, it's when Janet and and the three of them are like go up to like some gleep clops. And the, she gets a ride on some sort of like flying stingray. Yeah. And I, I try to think of what the direction would be. Like you have Academy Award winner Michael Douglas here. And you're like, Michael, you got to look surprised at this thing in front of you. And he's got to do his best like surprise look. Like, well, that's not acting. Like Action. Yeah. Scene. And, and and you know these guys, like, you know, deep down, like him and Michelle Fiber gotta be like, man, like this is such an easy paycheck for us, you know, like I, I want I'm like building a new addition to my 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 branch wherever. And that's why I'm doing it. Cause like where's there's no acting there. It's just reaction to the effects that they can't even see because they come in way after the fact, right? Yes, yes. And we'll get to that a little bit later because, you know, I'm sure you've kind of heard a little bit about, you know, with The Mandalorian, they've pioneered this new type of, like, onset green screen, which is almost like this panoramic kind of all-in-one, which is they're able to project the effects while they're doing the scene, which is, it's kind of a new way of doing it. And the Marvel films have kind of copied that, but still, you're just, like, you're looking at, like... <laughs> Gleep clops and koozie what's it's and you're just like, what do you tell an actor to do? Okay, so maybe you read the same thing that I did. Yeah. But with the gleep clops and the hoozy what's it's and the flim flams and the brick bracks and all of the nonsense that's the cantina that they won't just make oh the cantina. Oh my god, this was yeah, there was a canteen there's a cantina scene in this film, what? by the way. <sighs> that's one of the biggest moments in Star Wars because and look, nineteen seventy seven, we were like, look at these awesome aliens in here. I wonder who that person is. I wonder what that thing is. But that's not the story, right? You know what the difference is, too? Mm -hmm. Because it's on Tatooine, it's a place that you can get to. Mm -hmm. 
buried in the quantum realm, which no one's ever been. That's why Kang is exiled there because you can't get there or get out of there yeah. unless you have, you know, a DeLorean that'll go 55 miles an hour in the clock tower or whatever mm-hmm. at noon. Um, it's a waste. As much as I want to get into, you know, um, magnifying glass head and broccoli head and all of those other characters that they introduced, you know, it's very short lived. And why am I bothering? So here's the thing. Why am I bothering trying to build a relationship in the film with these characters that are going to be here for, I pray to God, less than two, you know, 180 minutes because they're not coming out of the quantum realm. Yeah. Unless you want to do like what they did with Meek or um, what's his nuts and Thor. um, Korg. Thank you, Korg. What's I should have said, what's his rocks, not what's his nuts. Korg's an exception. And then. Which year I'm going with this, right? They essentially ruined that character in Love and Thunder. So you have all these characters that they just haven't developed with the exception with you of Janet Van Dyne. Mm -hmm. The rest of them are just kind of whitewashed, milk toasty iterations of Stouffer's TV dinner two days after you couldn't eat it the first time around, just warmed up and sort of reheated. Yeah. And so as an audience, I guess like we're in the ride. I was like, okay, these characters are doing diddly for me. Yeah. Cause we, we, we find out they're having like an interesting ant family dinner. Right. And everyone's talking about what they're up to. And Cassie's like, Hey, well we've been working on this thing. It's this little quantum projector to tap into the quantum realm, which Suddenly Cassie's an, an expert in science and you just, they're shoving this young Avengers thing down our throats and I ain't here for it. She's okay in the film, right? Mm-hmm. But that's another project I want next to nothing to do with. You don't want to see the Stature movie? <laughs> no. Because I believe that's her name when she actually becomes the Ant-Man is Stature. Oh, really? I think that's that's the name that they've given her in the game on my phone anyway. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk about my little Marvel game here in a little bit with the little suit that they gave a certain character. God, um, but that, that that's a project they're building up to that I'm just like, man, I, like, I could not stay far away from that project, and I will still probably watch it. <sighs> Make her a young Avenger or something, um, Squirrel Girl. So yeah, so they get into the, the it turns on right, or they turned it on to test it, and then Janet's like, "Don't you turn that on? Like we can't tap into this thing that is quite traumatic for me and houses an evil that you guys don't understand." And what happens are like, honey, I shrunk the kids. They all get sucked into this thing, right? And they go for a ride through the quantum realm. And I do got to give, you know, I got We were hard on Strange of Madness. And I think we still, at the end of the day, kind of kind of like that film. Yeah. This, whatever they do to get into the quantum realm, is nowhere near as interesting as Strange's trek through the multiverse where he goes through animation, paint, and cubed, right? Mm-hmm. Remember? Yeah. That was way cooler. So, like, here it's just, it's very generic. But they land here, and so we're in the quantum realm. We're like, oh, my gosh, we're in this strange thing. How are we going to get back? And now we got, like, this interesting something that I like. Remember a couple weeks back we were talking about Legend? Yeah. Yes. And Labyrinth? Yes. I kind of like a fantasy Conan story where we're a a stranger in a strange land, and we got to go from little uh, uh, operation here to uh, metropolis here and defeat a bad guy and it's all strange and looks like i'm game for that mm-hmm. um but not like this <laughs> not not as generic as this ends up looking can you sour mash it to save it for yourself because that's something i think you prefer a little bit more than me so i'll give you a chance to sour mash it i don't here. think i can i don't think i can not if it's gonna look like this it's just oh. it looks so plain i i gotta give a lot of credit to also wakanda forever because i thought they did a pretty good job with talokan and uh namers uh yeah. people in yeah. his world here this just looks like just this just looks like nothing. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a mix of stuff we've seen from Guardians. It's a mix of Asgard. It's and then it's a, a little bit of the, you know, Doctor Strange worlds. I thought it was a lot of Loki. Loki's world where Yeah, it looks a lot of a lot of Loki he stuff. He who too. remains is in there. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of all of that and none of it stands out. I can't tell you like, oh, this thing stood out or the, the, even even the broccoli person or this 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 gel, gelatinous glob with holes, which, oh, my God, the lengths these films go to for a joke just kills me. Yep. His little holes joke at the end. We'll talk about it later. But, man, I did, that was that was uh, almost like, let's, let me stand up and get out of this theater moment. Like, well, then I have another question for you. Yeah. I don't disagree with anything you just said. Matter of fact, I agree with it probably more than you even <laughs> oh, agree with it. Okay. If this is the launching point for phase five Mm. and you have after four finished and you're at where, you know, post eternals, post the nonsense, like you essentially have a blank slate other than maybe we'll play with Kang. Maybe we'll resurrect, you know, there's a couple other outliers in there. Julia Louis Dreyfus, some of the stuff from the television show, maybe, Mm -hmm. but probably leaning into Kang. That's pretty obvious. Yeah. Why do you choose to do it here? And if this is because I'm glad you brought that up. He's making the contention that this is Iron Man one. Yeah. That's a landmark film in not just in Marvel and all of cinema. Yeah. That's the beginning of 23. Mm -hmm. Right. A run of 23. Yeah. If this is the beginning of whatever X is 17, Mm -hmm. 13, five till it fizzles out, who knows? Mm -hmm. Don't you have to slay this film? Yeah, you do. You have to slay this film. I thought about that too last night watching. I was like, this just seems to be a weird, and introducing such a monumental thing in Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. I was like, this. I think this should have been the Guardians film. Okay, you just took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. By introducing it, Ant-Man, I mean this metaphorically, physically, and sarcastically, mm-hmm. they made it very small. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. he's in such a small, no one else is going to get to this world, and it's so small. They made his intro small. Yeah. It speaks to the box office and the small small scores on the reviews, small yeah. returns in the theater. It's just <laughs> everything's small. Yeah, and I think, you know, if we went the Guardians route, I would have been interested in that, especially because what's being touted is the last journey with this Guardians lineup, right? Like, what if King snaps them out of the timeline and that's how they go? Like, I'm okay with that. Oh, my God, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Maybe he will. Maybe. That would be cool. Do we really have room for a king and an Adam Warlock? Dude, that film's already bloated enough. But If that's the post credit scene where he snaps them out and kills them, yeah. that would be fantastic. Because yeah, there's no coming back. That would be good. But like uh-huh. that should be that should be this film too. Like mm-hmm. it, I could see the Guardians mm-hmm. totaling around some Gleepglop world because they've done it two times over. He gets over the ants team, kills them, and comes Oh my gosh, Jesse. Yeah. That could have been excellent. Yeah, I think that would have worked a little bit better here and now with the Ant Family. You know, like and I think you like the Ant the first Ant Man stuff a little bit more than me. And I didn't. I didn't really like Ant Man and the Wasp. No, me either. But yeah, I did like it. I like the first one. I guess I like you know that we got you know Janet and Hank in tow because they're like second bit players in those other two films. Yeah. Um. But then what we're doing with them here and just like so let's catch it up here. So you know we have this cantina scene, right? Because Janet knows the world, so she's like, "We're here. There's something here. You guys want no part of, right?" But let me talk to a guy and like maybe see if we can like use him for help to get home. And you know Michael Douglas has it right. I mean they go to this bar and he's like, "Yeah, something that can get me drunk." I was like, "Dude, that that'd be me at this place. Yeah. <laughs> just get me the strongest thing you got here." And then another thing that I thought was just pretty silly, because it makes no sense, because no one else is speaking in weird Klingon or whatever. They got to drink this red goo in order to hear English? 
Stupid. Just have them talking in English. Like, we haven't done that in any other weird world we've been in in 28, 30 films, right? Right. And it was just a moment for comedy because we got to introduce the Gleek Clop who doesn't have holes. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because we got to set up a punchline to pay off later that made the audience, I guess, laugh. But me, man, I was I was ready to get up and walk out. <laughs> but then we introduced someone I know you're not a real big fan of, dude. Bill Murray in the MCU, dude. Uh, what, what are we doing I'm here? out. What are we doing? And then we have to hear about all this, you know, salacious sex that him and Janet were having <laughs> in the interim. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I know. What what for? I thought this was a kids movie. <laughs> Did they say, <clears throat> you know what's really good is that Matt Damon bit playing Thor and Loki on the side of Thor films. Can we do What about Bill Murray? Mm-hmm. Are you just going to the well too much? They're just going to like, can we get a name to play a little part? That way when they show up, people have a chuckle, their eyes light up, and then we like do away with them like nobody, nobody's business. I think that's worked. I think Jeff Goldblum's pretty good as that exact same character in Ragnarok, right? As the Grandmaster. Uh-huh. But not everyone can do it. And just Bill Murray's just doing Bill Murray here. He's just doing Bill Murray. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but they're having they're having dinner there and he's telling Janet about, you know, like, well, I I work under this Supreme Conqueror and you helped kind of start that. It's kind of your fault, really. And so we're kind of hearing the veils of the threat, right? But we don't know the full story, but is any of this working for you? It's like, you know, and then with Cassie and Scott, we're in like uh, refugee camps over there with the outliers and all these warriors with all their weird powers and whatnot. Like, does is anything stand out for you as just, where, where's your barometer at this no, point? No, it's not because it felt like Scooby-Doo. Like Velma and Daphne and Fred head off and Shaggy and Scooby head off the other way to go find out who the criminal is, which is literally what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Let's investigate. We better split up. Why? Mm-hmm. No, none of it's working. I'm already, despite the visual interest that there might be, I don't care about the canteen a bit. I don't care about any. I'm already bored, Jesse. Mm-hmm. This is already becoming exceedingly boring. I don't give a rip about any of these characters. Let me ask you this. Uh-oh. I've been dying since no, no. since it showed up on screen. Are you giving a rip about Modoc? <laughs> I almost called you when this was when I saw it, just to be like, you're not going to believe that they use Modoc in this film. Oh, good! I God. was dying. Dude, the biggest foul against this entire film, Modoc, and dude hit Modoc, and the way, and it's it's Yellow Jacket. Yeah, yeah, it's Darren Cross, Corey Stoll from the first Ant Man, who got blipped into the quantum realm, and then they turned him into Modoc. Modoc, Jesse, dude, and Modoc and his little ass cheeks, dude. Uh-huh. Oh my god, dude! Someone spent hours rendering asses. Yep, dude, he looks James Cameron. He looks ridiculous, dude. Yeah, the, the little, talk about ridiculous characters. His little floating head. Whoever thought this was a good idea to include this character, who I think is okay in the comics. Uh, I don't know if you played that Avengers video game. Kind of not a great game. It's got a lot of issues in its mission selection. Oh, the new one for PS4? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never played that one. But Modoc's the big bad in that. And they actually, he, they do him pretty cool in there. He starts out as like a regular dude and then slowly kind of like morphs into this big head. Hmm. Um, He showed up on screen and I was like, this is, this is a mistake. Yeah. This, this was never meant to be seen by filmic eyes, right? <laughs> You do that, and everybody starts to kind of look around like, how serious am I supposed to take this film now? Like, well, you've just turned this into a farce. Well, they they were laughing, you know, when he shows up and he reveals his head, and it's just 
big this big yeah. head, right? Yeah. Everyone's laughing. So I don't know if they're laughing at it looks funny because it does, or they're laughing because it's bad because it is. Mm-hmm. Uh is the audience in on the joke or are they seeing through the 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 Oz the great and powerful display here and the cracks have been showing for some time here Matt so I want to do that I've been thinking about this too for okay. all, all week since I heard about these bad reviews and then the bad intake this is a bit of a hot take you know in sports you know when teams underperform football you know we got to get rid of the head coach Fire the coach yeah Fire the general manager. You know, sometimes, you know, the owners should maybe, you know, kind of give up. Mm. Why are you going about to say what I think you're going to say? You think it's time for Kevin Feige, Feige to be shown the door? Step down. Well, I don't know if he can be shown the show himself the door, but if he should step sideways or step down and let someone else right do the ship. It's going to be the head coach. You can have the offensive play calling coordinator job. Yeah, sure. Do both. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Which is yeah. not that uncommon. Boy. Maybe. I think there's a huge Maybe. leadership problem up at the tippy top because all of these films are, we're talking about the same things that we talked about in Love and Thunder, mm-hmm. Wakanda Forever, less so, I think, than those two films, but Shang-Chi, Black Widow, and we didn't talk about it in Spider-Man because, remember, folks, that's a Sony joint. That's right. He had next to nothing other than receiving a check uh, and loaning the character for that film. You think it's a, it's a problem? Has he become comfortable in his formula yeah. of yes? I'm going to say it, mediocrity. Yes, it, it, the answer would seem to be yes with the most recent evidence. But let me give you another hot take on top of that. Mm-hmm. Are you going to bring in Joss Whedon to fix it? Mm-mm. Okay, so you can have a choice. You want Christopher Nolan? He would never. <laughs> so who like who's in that space? I don't know. I don't know if there's J.J. Abrams. A little bit better. J.J. Abrams, not under the guise of Catherine Kennedy, could <laughs> maybe do okay. It's interesting, right? Because, I mean, Brian Michael Bendis, like an actual Marvel writer? I don't know. I mean, they DC tried that with, what's his face? Jeff yeah. Johns, that kind of went And Zack Snyder. Yeah. And the uh, guy that... Greg Berlanti guy that was doing working with the flash. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Out. That, yeah. He's out. So yeah, in DC, it's the James Gunn and Peter Safran show, which we're going to see how that's going to play out. And I'm sure we'll just rip that to shreds too. Yeah. I think it's an upper management problem. I think, you know, mm-hmm. Feige's like you deliver me a product. It has to do a, B, C, D, E, F, and G. We're going to spend 200 mil on it. We're going to work our VFX artists to death so we can meet our, our release dates. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be okay if it's just okay because, you know, people are going to go see it because it's the Marvel brand, right? It's a business now. These aren't even films. It's it's just, it's it's a business. This is this is an evolving mechanism that in its infancy, I think worked really well as a cinematic universe that was building to something and there was quality control and there was effort. And now I think it's gotten too easy for them. I, I think you've made a good case. So honest to God, like if this film tanks 70 more percent this week, they need a they need a bomb on their hands now to like humble them a bit. Mm. And then the other thing that's really troubling well, how how it's gonna make money still, right? It still made money, didn't it? I, I think it's at like three hundred mil worldwide, which two uh, it might need to push seven hundred to break even. So I think this one might lose money actually. Mm. Uh the other thing really hampering this whole universe is I think they're really dragging their feet on getting the X-Men into this thing. It's that, taking too long. That would at least be fresh and unique because Ant-Man ain't carrying the the, the load on his shoulders for my interest going forward. 
Maybe the, maybe Spider Man, maybe Strange, but none of these other people. But I'll get behind a Wolverine and a Prof X. <laughs> we're getting we're getting pretty liberal with our hopes on Doctor Strange too. I'm just giving you this, okay? I don't think at his heart, Feige is a Marvel fan. Like what I mean is he's not some fanboy that read the pages for countless hours that spent his whole life in Act Two because that's where comics live, mm-hmm. and then decided I'm going to see this vision through. I would actually say Kevin Smith is probably close to that, but I don't want Kevin Smith running this either. No, no, no. And I don't even have, like, I know Kevin Smith, you say that name, and people are like, oi, but. The guy knows his stuff. He, he knows his comics. Yeah. Okay. If that's the case, and Feige is, to his credit, exhausted, as exhausted with the principles as you and I, and we're fans, like, we're nerd fans. Yeah. He's not. He's a businessman. Mm-hmm. He's got to be up to here with Marvel. Yeah. He's found a course that I think keeps him sustainable and keeps the films profitable and maybe mm-hmm. mitigate some of the Josh Trank bullshit that they had to fight with on fantastic sure. four from ever happening again. Sure. Yeah. Because nobody wanted that. Yeah. Not even us as fantastic four fans. You see, that's the thing that I guess to his credit, there's never like a lot of drama with these productions, right? I think he just fires you. If it doesn't happen, you're gone. Yeah. That's I mean, why, there was drama with Edgar Wright, right? I mean, there was some creative differences, and he was like, well, I'm moving on. And they just move on. It's not like the DC drama, which plagues no. every production, it right. seems like. But that gets to the issue that we're talking about with some of these character things. He's not in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. I don't think Feige is oh, no, no, involved no, 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 enough no. to be like, I need more no. ethos and pathos from this guy. So they're sticking with the same stable of writers too, Jesse, whether that's non-credited in the back room. And that's why all of these guys are coming out the same. He's in the writer's room, but he ain't doing a lick of writing. No, he's telling them what needs to be in there. I think beat wise, maybe I don't think he's telling them, you know, tell this line. So this, we feel that. No, 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 no. But beat wise, I believe beat wise is like by 20 minutes in, we need to be in the quantum realm. By this minute, like you need to pepper it with some jokes for us. So he's found like six guys, let's say, or six people that I think are able to deliver on that. And he keeps going back and writers need gigs because if you're not working, you're not getting paid. Mm -hmm. They've got to be sick to death of writing this shit too. Because even something like Moon Knight that has as much runway and playing field to build what you want, that came out, that that might be the worst Marvel thing ever. (laughs) No, I mean it, that, that... for as hard as we were on sure. fucking Flag Smashers and yeah. some, even Loki, <laughs> those were genius compared to Moon Knight. That was garbage. And I'll, I'll say this, too, because, you know, you and I could be should be so lucky. Like, if we were tasked with, like, Jesse Matt, right? And Quantumania, dude, like, you and I would be ecstatic. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, both of our type A personalities, I don't think we could take that type of... Cost us that job. Or, yeah, I think we, we would get fired from it because, okay. you know, we would be writing characters and we'd be like, we'd be reading and be like, Jesse, these characters have no depth. <laughs> They're not interesting. Their descriptions are boring. Their dialogue's bland. And then he would tell us to, to keep it that Double way. Double down on it. We would either have to, like, adhere to our morals of what we think of characters or, yeah, be shown the door. Yeah. I don't think we could work under that type of leadership. That's a really long answer to your question, but I think the case is certainly made at this point, at least between the two of us. Mm-hmm. And if it is in fact where we are forecasting, this phase five will probably be the last phase for Marvel. There's, they won't get out of this. I don't think it won't be. Like, I don't know like when the general populace is going to fully give up when we've given up many films ago. Or we're just exhausted, right? 
Yeah, but we still keep going. Exactly. So yeah, we're just again we're hip, we're hypocrites at the end of the day. But you know, I want to see some change. If I'm investing this time, you know, I want these movies to, to to be great. I want them to stand out. You know, for every you know, for a Nolan Batman, you know, like I, I, I those stand out to me. Whereas you know, some of these Marvel ones, you know, they stand out. Those ones have a unique voice. These just have a, like a unique assembly line. Yeah, to all the things that we can say about DC, especially the successful run that even the bad Batmans have had. You know why Batman works? Because mm-hmm. he doesn't fight the intergalactic presence. They are all some level of criminal, whether that's thief or serial killer, or, I mean, sometimes there's like a mutant, like, you know, yeah. something that's been mutated, but usually they're like a thief also. Um, and, and you and I weren't particularly high on the Pattinson Batman. Oh, no, I'll take it over Quantumania every day of the week. Yeah, this film, it, that film at least had a vibe, a vibe I didn't really care for, but mm-hmm. it had something. It had a uniqueness to it. It had a world that they were trying to build, characters that I guess had motivation that I questioned at the end of the day. But I'll take that over just generic glops. <laughs> gleep glops? Yeah, gleep glops. That's the word of the day, ladies mm-hmm. and gentlemen. And yeah. you know what, everyone out there, you know, it's okay to like a movie. It's okay to love every one of these things. If you're that person, all the power to you because, you know. I'd like to be that way again. I, you know, I would too, but it's just, I I'm, I see through the Oz and Great and Powerful. Like, I, I the, the veil has been pulled and I, I have noticed it for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, Spider-Man Far uh, No Way Home was a very needed breath of fresh air. Yeah. But not every film can be that. Not every film could be this, this revealing opus like that let's let's do let's get back to the film here for a minute because i want to ask you a question okay are we at kang yet I was, that's what i was going to start okay with kang and his his devious plan i'd like you to as succinctly as you can explain to me what his plan is in the quantum realm because let me tell you what i think and you tell me if i'm wrong okay he's going to an assemble an army of quantum soldiers baseless army that will then take over the quantum realm, thus allowing him to come back to Earth, whatever we are, to then defeat all of the other Kangs and become the last Kang? Uh, maybe. I don't. <laughs> what I took of it was he, if he gets to, because he needs his quantum engine right. to be able to travel get the, out the different realm, to get out and travel to different things. Now, what I don't understand is he has the power to, to wipe it out and wipe out timelines. I don't know how he's able to do that. Maybe he does that with his army, or does he do it with the snap of his finger? That's unclear to me. Um, but I think he's going to take that army, and I think the plan's to go to Earth and take it over. And you know, I think a line that was delivered and made me think of you, I think he wants to, to destroy it all to rule over nothing. Yeah, right. Kind of the opposite. At least Thanos wanted to wipe out the dead half, right? Mm-hmm. And kind of start afresh with a, a clean slate. You know the yeah. What's the word? A rapture, if you if you will. Yeah, cleansing. Yeah, cleansing. There you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, think Kang's kind of doing an Ultron here. He wants to wipe out a timeline that way and just kind of like start it from scratch. And I don't know why because I can't remember back to the Loki show, but I don't know what's really driving him. Like is. Did, like, his wife die? Did he have a kid that passed away? Does he have, like, a Gore the God Butcher origin thing where he needs to get back to the timeline where he's a dad or where he's with his lover? I don't understand that. You know, I think, and I think that's the knock against the Kang character is just, is he just want to destroy things just because he can? But Jonathan Major is really good at explaining it, and he's really good at delivering it. Yeah, it's... 
you know, I'm not going to sit through the movie again to listen to his dialogue, but when it's available, I'm certainly going to dig into that. He's really good at playing here are the ulterior motives, but even to that, Jesse, mm-hmm. I kind of am tired of the confessions of the bad guy to the good guy before the bad guy begins to embark upon them. Sure. I mean, Namer did a little of that. It's, and, it's yeah. getting old. Mm-hmm. Hey, here's my devious plan that I'm going to unleash upon the world. You should be part of it. Nope. Okay, well, then you're going to die because I'm still going to do it. Okay, again. The other thing, too, that I found puzzling about this Kane character is he has been exiled. Yeah. He has been put in the quantum realm by... His people. The other Kangs, yeah. the other timelines that see him as a threat. Does that then make him the most powerful Kang? Because it kind of seems to lean to that. And if so, I think so. they've already killed the most powerful Kang before we're out of the first film in phase five. Yeah, do you think he's dead? I don't, yeah, maybe, no, I don't. It, it doesn't matter. There's other Kangs though. Sure, yeah. But I think, yeah, he takes the, he has the moniker Kang the Conqueror. I think, yeah, he's, he's the bad. He's the big bad, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, his confession to Janet, well, I thought, you know, the two of them was like, I was watching last night, and I was like, I was like, these two are like, they're actually have characters, Mm -hmm. they're actually acting, there's something here, and you sense the fear, and dude, to Michelle Pfeiffer, dude, I think she's pushing 60, she looks great, Mm -hmm. uh, she senses the fear of like, oh my god, if this, if I help this guy and he gets out, he's wiping it all out, clean slate, forget Thanos, man, dude, he's snapping Thanos from everything, right? Yeah. Uh, and so she does the kind of the, the, the good deed here as best she can. And she, see, this is why I need to go, I need to know how Janet got, gets out of the quantum realm. Uh, I need to revisit that moment, but she pin particles, his little quantum engine, and it magnifies into this gigantic Dr. Manhattan machine, uh, and kind of destroys it. Right. And she, she goes on the lamb. And so she spends the next 20 years in the quantum realm fighting armies, running from him, and he just builds his empire, right? All pissed off. Yep. Is that kind of what you got? Yep, it is. That's exactly what I got. Um, and, you know, she's telling this to Michael Douglas and and uh, and uh, and Hope, Hope Van Dyne here, and, you know, like, okay, we'll help you as best we can. You know, meanwhile, Scott and Cassie are captive, and he essentially kind of tells him a, a similar version of the same story, right? Yeah. Uh, and he's like, you're going to help me, Scott Lang. Um I did like that line there. He's like, he's like, how many of, what did he say? How many Avengers have I killed? Did I kill, did I kill that Avenger? Like, so he's done it before, Mm -hmm. right? I thought that was fascinating. Uh, But he's like, you're going to steal something from me. So I'm like, oh, here we go. Scott strength. Yep. Thievery. Let's go to it. And you Modoc's like, no, I'll stop you. (laughs) So he goes into this quantum engine, this, this, Interesting little fragmented base that looks like a Doctor Strange mirror thing. And he gets down there and then he starts multiplying. It turns into multiplicity here. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they get an, uh, some decent comedy out of that. And then I thought for the, you know, the first time, you know, in a long time, I was like, Ant-Man, like other than like shrinking and, and rising, which whatever the hell that is, that's an ant's power. My God, them. These Scots work like an anthill so he can ascend to the thing and get into the thing so he can put the pin particles. I thought that was pretty cool. I'll give you that. A moment of... They're working like the character, right? Right. 
But then right. that, all, that all goes to hell because not one pin particle is enough. But Hope shows up just in the nick of time. They deliver, you know, a smash blast of pin particles and blow this thing to kingdom come and they shrink it back down to a little ball. Uh, but then, then we learn the true intentions of King, right? This kind of villainous turn and, you know, he reneges on his deal, which is to give the daughter back. He blasts them to oblivion. He nearly kills Hank. Uh, and then abducts Janet. And so, like, oh, my God, what's this guy going to do? And then we see his little army, right? And we're like, yeah, he's doing something. Yeah. They're going somewhere. Right. <laughs> and then I thought this was pretty fucking ridiculous, dude. Michael Douglas is rescued by these ants that he sent into the quantum realm decades ago. So dumb. And that they've gotten smarter and they got, like, armor on. And then by the end of the film, they amass an ant army. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. You're starting to really kind of hang out of the seat for dear life at this point. Yes. Ants versus MODOK. <laughs> I, I don't even know where to start with all of what you just said. It's all well, absurd. It's well, absurd. So we got the villain's plan, which is murky. What do you think about that? Um, and then are the characters doing any type of growth other than maybe possibly Janet still being very frightened of this man and not... Tells everyone, do not let him get back to Earth by any means. You can say that Kang grows, but I'm going to argue you can't because he's been on the screen in this version, not He Who Shall Remain, which is a different Kang. That's the Loki Kang. This Kang. You don't know where he's coming from, so you don't know how he's moving away from what we initially met him as. The way he shows up in the film is the way he goes out in the film. There's no arc for him at all. He is... Bad guy with a terrible plan to, quotes, dead bad guy with a terrible plan that never came to be. Yeah, that's right. I need the, the, that Thanos sympathy angle that they, they built really well in Infinity War. I just, and I think Kang, actually sort of frustrating. Yeah. I think there's a lot of potential there. I For do, as much as I, I don't do. want any more cosmic or time travel. Yeah, I think there is. I think he's going to be able to play that part to the hilt. I think that character is interesting. His costume looks... He looks cool. His looks great, yeah. Um, I just don't know if we're going to get enough traction with what Phase 5 is to where we see that end up, though, if they even know what they want it to be. Yeah. So again, like every oh other Marvel film, it turns into armies fighting an army army film, and yeah. you know Cassie gets on the radio and gets all the gleep clops to come to the main... <laughs> Metropolis, right? So they can fight the fa literally faceless army. They have mm -hmm. no, they have no faces. Literally faceless, right? Dude, Matt, at least the stormtroopers in Star Wars. The, I'm talking about the original trilogy. Yeah, faceless. Yeah, because they're helmeted. But they bantered with each other. They, 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 they threw rumors around. Yeah. Like yeah. there was something. These guys, man, they're robots. It's an Ultron robot army. It's the Chitari. It's you know Namer's mm. army. It's just another just. Disposable baddies. Another thing to fight, because you know what's you know what's compelling? Faceless things fighting other faceless things. How about mano y mano? We fight. You know, you were pretty hard on Tim Burton's original Batman when we did it, and mainly just because you know it hasn't aged as well for you as it, you know it's one of my favorite films of all time. I know. But man, I'll take a Keaton beaten down Jack Nicholson Joker at the top of that church any day of the week next to this stuff. Yeah. Because there's there's stakes there's there's volume to it when when and then we let's talk about the the hole guy when he finally gets a hole which oh my god groaner right mm -hmm. it's this little <laughs> glob that doesn't have a hole to piss or eat food eat. yeah and then they they shoot him and he's like I got holes 
And then he devours. Dude, my audience, I guess they laughed. But what are they laughing at? That's such a bad joke. And, you know, we talk about setups and payoffs. So that was the payoff? Oh, my. I want my money back, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Modoc's floating around this thing, yelling and screaming. And, and, <laughs> and dude, and dude, Cassie, laser. Ta- Cassie talks him off the ledge. Yep. Tells him not to be a dick. I guess I have kind of been a dick. Oh, my God. I, I, yeah. What, I, are, what are we doing? I had a little discussion with my wife when that happened. I said... You have to be kidding me. Like, yeah. Modoc's admitting he's a dick in the middle of this film. On top of what? looking... Like, looking re- like he looks? Ridiculous. We're getting that line, this absurd line from this... It, we're getting... Even a- more absurd character in this absurd film. Dude, Modoc has more of an arc than Hope Van Dyne. I mean, dude, like, we it's have truth. we have the, the Modoc redemption, not a dick arc? Yep. Yep. Get out of here. Like, this is just so vanilla. Mm-hmm. And then the the Hank Pym, you know, so they're, they're mono a mono with Kang... And then the pim ants come, and it's just, it's ridiculous. Yeah. They look like they're getting at him, and then Modoc bursts in through his little force field and then gets blown away to the side. And they have enough time to banter and chit-chat with him. And they're like, Darren, it's you? They're like, oh, Hope, I like your... Like, I did this dialogue's killing me here. Terrible, yeah. And then he dies, this big head, and it's just like, I guess we're supposed to feel sympathy for that character at the end of the day, but man, I can't... Dude, I can't. I can't with Modoc. No. In no. any form. No way. Yeah. <laughs> but then we get to something here in this film, and I thought we were getting to a place that I thought, oh, my God, are we really going here? Because sign me up, buckle up, because we're going to a place here. They open up the world engine uh, or exactly. the quantum engine, whatever the hell, the unanimous exactly engine. What I too, yeah. Right? Zod, fire up the world engine. Where the fuck is the codex? <laughs> it's just <laughs> Oh man, Dude, Michael he, Shannon. He's gonna be in that new Flash movie, which mm. you know, you know, I'm kind of excited to see because of uh, Mr. Keaton. Yeah. Anyway, so they, they open up the, the quantum portal to go back home. And Cassie goes through, Hank, Janet, and Hope, and Scott's about to jump through, and who comes? Dude, Kane comes do with the fury. Oh yeah. And they get into a really cool fight here on, and in a fight that I think Ant-Man has no shot in because he's not a brawler. Right. I think King's got him beat uh you know really well. And I was like, first thought, I was like, oh my god, are they gonna kill Scott Lang here? Mm-hmm. Is King gonna beat him? Because that would have gravity and weight of this is a guy not to screw around with, right? Yeah. That doesn't happen. Nope. What does happen was a moment that I, I think was set up pretty well, which was Janet telling Hope, whatever it costs, you do not let that guy come through to Earth. Right. So she comes through and stops him, and she starts shooting blasters at him. And then I guess they blast him into a pipe. into, And then I guess that evaporates him or something. Yeah. So is he dead or not? We don't know. And then the portal closes, right? It loses its energy. Yeah. And I thought, oh, my God, this is kind of even better than killing Scott. Now you have Hope and Scott behind enemy lines in a strange world. They don't know how to get back. They don't know the environment. And now you have Cassie on the other side, seemingly to be raised by her grandparents, pseudo her, her pseudo-grandparents, right? Mm-hmm. And has to find a way to get her dad back. That's a cool story that I would like to see going forward. Sure. Nope. Nope. Marvel ain't got the balls to do that. And some get him out. Ducci boots up some computer program and boots up the quantum thing <laughs> and they get out. Oh my, what? Why didn't we just do that at the beginning? Dude, the biggest crime is the, oh no, I know we couldn't do it at the beginning because we didn't have access to a computer, I suppose. 
but this film doesn't have the balls to even leave them behind here for a few films. I know. Oh man, I was I was so pissed. I was so pissed off. And you know, and then what do we spend the rest of? The, I'll let you have a moment here because I'm dude. I'm on a so, no no go I'm go on keep a going. Ranting soapbox yeah, right go, now. Go. This movie, this movie just essentially turns into a bad weekend for these guys. Yeah, he's quipping down the side of the road to John Sebastian again. He has to pay for his coffee this time, but they know his name at least. <laughs> and then they go have a birthday cake dinner at at uh, at a uh, at Bennigan's or some shit. And he's talking about like uh, he was saying he was being a threat, but uh, maybe I don't have to worry about that guy. And then the cake tastes bad, and that's how the movie ends. Yeah. No weight, no gravity, a bad weekend trip. Man, I'm, I'm sure glad we got out of that. These films don't have the balls other than the snap in Infinity War once every 23 films to really go there. Yeah. They had an opportunity to really get me back on its side and like nothing, opening Literally. up a portal and like, oh, we're saved. Cowardice. All right, so let me give you one more thing to be pissed about. Does that mean that he's a huge plan of everything going forward? He being Scott Lang, is he a oh, sure. crucial? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, he already had his run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're keeping him around enough. Yeah, killing him off at least raises some stakes of a. These people are no one safe, right? And we there could, you go. We could do exactly. away with them whenever we want. And this Kang is not to be trifled with. Yeah, that changes the stakes for all of us as film goers. We don't, it takes the moment out of the snap, like in Infinity War, because people could die up to any moment thereof. If, if, if you're, but it kind of works in reverse. If you're saving Ant Man mm-hmm. and Janet Van Dyne and the entire Ant family, no one is in real threat, Jesse. Yeah. If that guy's safe and his daughter's safe, and the wasp. I could just imagine Damn, that, that line of exposition of like Cassie pulls up a computer screen and <laughs> reboots up the quantum warp. Just like that. Just like that, you can bring hit anyone enter. bring anyone back to yeah, hit enter. You don't even need to tab that one. Oh <laughs> yeah, I was I, I couldn't believe it. I I they were there. They had it, they had it all around them. The start of phase five, your new big bad. We need to care about him and know that he's not to be messed around with, just like a Thanos. Nope, he's done away with, and everyone gets off with but a scratch. Oof. Dude, I hate that shit. That, that really drives me nuts. And it's it's like Age of Ultron, the weekend of Ultron, the weekend of that weird Ultron thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, we almost killed the planet, but yeah, no big deal. No one died. Yeah. Quicksilver died, but we had to get him out of here because we didn't know the rights to his character. No one really liked him anyway. Oh, God. Uh, and, okay, so that's the end of the film. Are you more upset that the movie ended like that, or are you more upset that you invested the time to have the movie end like that? Both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad ending. Yeah. Is I, that the I, biggest I, crime I, of the film? I'm getting real sick of these. Again, to Spider-Man No Way Home's credit, that film ended with huge consequences no one knows who Peter Parker is on this planet anymore. Right. His friends, his family, the heroes, nobody. So how does he deal with that going forward? It's a Peter Parker that doesn't have access to money or tech, and he's in a little rinky-dink sewn suit flying through the sky, and he's our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Yep. It's what I've wanted for, like, five films with him. Yep. Here? Oh, no. Let's eat some shitty cake at a Benihana. Like, just, <laughs> dude, get out of here. <laughs> oh... Gosh. Let's talk about these two end credit sequences. 
Because um, the, the the arena of kings, I mm-hmm. guess, sets up you know the Kang Dynasty, right? Which is yeah. uh, another army of these people that have all these, I guess, angry powers of time travel. I think they're learning that the people of Earth are starting to become frequent travelers on the highway of the multiverse. Which is true. Which is true. Spider-Man, Mr. Strange. Yep. It's happening. The Ant-Man, yeah. It's being talked about a whole lot more, right? So because of that, that puts us and where we're hiding out in there in jeopardy. Because if they find out we're here, they're coming after us. So we have to go after them. Them. Okay. I Okay, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess we're going. I don't ahead. know who them even is at this point, but okay. So I don't, yeah, which film are we getting more of this progression? It's, I don't think Guardians. I mean, that's the Adam Warlock joint. What's the next Avengers kind of proper-esque film coming? Well, it's King Dynasty, but there's a whole lot of little one-offs in between then. I mean, maybe the Marvels gets into a cosmic space with Kang, which could be interesting. I don't know anything about what that movie's about. And then I'm trying to think what comes out. You know, the Thunderbolts, that doesn't sound like a Kang story. No. That sounds like a Suicide Squad story with a bunch of characters that I could maybe give a rip about right yep um yeah okay and then you know we have this prestige illusionist bit with victor timely mm-hmm. did i remember that you did. did i do it did i do it yep. okay and he's on some pulpit singing his wills about whatever and we got loki and mobius tracked him down we got him dude it's quantum leap and you can't tell me it isn't it is. <laughs> We're jumping into times. And if that's what that show is, it would be at least interesting than what Loki season one is. But I'm also kind of just done with Loki too. I'm just a little tired of him. And yes, how does that fit into the grand scheme of just tracking down the Kangs? Well, you've got to ask now, are you doing this to set up a larger universe or are you this setting this up just to sell your next series? Yeah. And what about all those, remember the time police in that? Mm-hmm. And, and the, the TVA? Dude, yep. Like, where are they? Where are they, they right? This? Yeah, getting all up on everybody's business. Yeah. They should be arresting, that should be the end scene of this film, them getting arrested at at, a, at Applebee's over there at the end Ooh, of this film. That would be good. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's, you can see where the series is going, what they're going to do. I'm curious what's going to happen with Kang Dynasty. Let's say between now and then there's four Marvel films. Yeah. I think... Well, we, uh, I think we got a Fantastic Four in between there as well, finally, right? Mm-hmm. No cast yet. So Fantastic Four, um, Guardians, me, whatever whatever TV properties there are. No, we're not counting. <laughs> we're not counting those right now. Let me get the films, though. Let me get the MCU. I, yeah, because I'm, I'm moving to something here, but I need to know what's in front of me. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, it's a pretty frustrating watch. Yeah. You know, and what sometimes happened doing this show is, you know, like last night I left and I was like, you know, that was, I think I liked it a little bit more than Love and Thunder. I would definitely watch this again over the Eternals. Oh, yeah. But like it somehow got worse as we talked about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, you know, you helped me realize things and I'm sure I did the same for, for you. Sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No question. Okay, so we got Guardians 3, The Marvels. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Captain America, New World Order with Sam Wilson, right? Mm. The Thunderbolts, and then Blade. Other than the Marvels and Guardians, and I know he's not in Guardians. I know that's not that story. The King's not really fitting into any of those other films. Those are more, I guess, street level what we want, but 
also not excited about any of those movies either. I'm just thinking about who they can construct from the films you just said to be the next Avengers. <clears throat> Are you going to use Ghost Rider? Okay, and then what's been announced before King Dynasty is Deadpool 3, which that might be a multiversal timeline story with Hugh Jackman in the fold, right? And yeah. then Fantastic Four, and then we got King Dynasty, and then we got Secret Wars. Hmm. Oh man, that's that's a lot. That's and that's not. We didn't even get into the shows, right? No. <laughs> uh, I, any anything else with with Ant Man and, and Quantumania? Were you as frustrated watching it in the theater as maybe I was? No, but it's gotten worse in the show and today. And I didn't think I um, particularly liked it before. Mm-hmm. That being said, though. I don't know how this is the second worst film of all things that Marvel has done. Like, I agree. Like, reviewed? Yeah. It's in the bottom third for sure. No, I still dislike... Dark World is still my, like, garbage pit. Yeah. Eternals. Eternals. Eternals down there. Iron Man 3, Mm -hmm. Iron Man 2 for that matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, What else is floating around down there? I guess Black Widow, too. I mean, I did not like that movie. I I didn't like Captain Marvel either. I liked it a little bit more than you, but... Uh yeah, I think a lot of Ant Man and the Wasp, a lot of Phase Four is floating floating around down there. Yeah. Thor: Love and Thunder, yeah, it's down there too. I guess, am I making a mistake by wondering what the next Avengers team is going to look like? We've talked about this a lot, and maybe I'm just so ready to see the assembly of what we saw in the first Avengers go around that I want that this next time, because as you're rattling off those films, there's nothing really to draw from to build another team out of. Yeah. I mean, I guess you have Sam Wilson as like the front man, if you will, the Captain America front man, if you want to go down that already well-traveled road, you still have Dr. Strange, you have Spidey. I guess we're maybe getting to the X-Men, maybe getting to the fantastic four, but those are not Avengers properties. No. You're going to flip Namer, turn him to the good side? I mean, I think we do at the end of the day. Yeah. And I hope that character doesn't end up on my flight question of underutilized because he was awesome. Mm-hmm. Actually, an interesting bad guy that had a good mm-hmm. origin story. Mm-hmm. His origin story is better than Kang's. I, I don't know what Kang wants. I don't know why he wants to wipe things out other than to just be bad. To be the light in this podcast today, I will say maybe it's early and maybe there's still some more room for them to define Kang. I'm going to... But maybe not. I'm going to show you a video after we finish recording here. I found this great video on this great YouTube channel that everyone should check out called Studio Binder. And they do these compilations on how to break down story, midpoint. They talk about characters. They talk about, you know, what what's a close-up? And, like, here's great examples of it. The dolly zoom. But they did a recent video on villains. I'm going to show it to you because mm-hmm. it's, like, all this stuff we're talking about. And they, they tell you how to do it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they give you great examples of when it's been done well. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite tasting note of Ant-Man and the Wasp? Oh, man. (laughs) I think I will probably agree with you. Watching him go down whatever tunnel that was and him multiply, 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 and that sort of battle that he has with himself was remotely interesting. And then watching him use himself like the ants did in the first film Mm -hmm. as he was learning how to use the ants. Yeah. I'm probably going to have to go there. Um... I guess that is probably the same one you're going to use, to be honest with you. you know, that one's pretty good. I, I did like when Kang was kind of, they were working together and, you know, she's telling the story of this is when I encountered this man. Because it was the first time in the film that I actually thought there were there were characters in this thing. Yeah. 
and they were actually really acting like, dude, Michelle Pfeiffer just so underrated throughout most of her career. But like mm-hmm. when she's pretty good, I mean, she's great. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm pretty impressed with Jonathan Majors. I can't wait to see him in, in Creed three. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think he's an interesting presence here. And then maybe him teaming up with Doom and Secret Wars. That could be pretty cool. Like could be. Dude, I'm projecting a lot. You are <laughs> you are hoping. <laughs> Dude, I'm shooting for the moon here. Yeah. Um oh gosh, what could we pick for the Oh my god moment for Quantumania. Intellectually superior battle worthy are ants. You really using that? Them? Are we going to? Are we going down the road of them? Dude, it was a little demi. So I'm gonna have to go on the bad side. Yeah. What in the hell was that happened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, mine is everything under the sun with Modoc. That was just that yeah. was just bad from the word. The second they wrote it on the page, and they thought we're going down this route. <laughs> and you know, all all this stuff's been said about these VFX artists working 18 hour days, getting underpaid for all these VFX shots. And then it looks like that looks like that. Holy crap, man. I mean, just, Mm -hmm. yeah, that was alarming. You know, think back to that first Iron Man when he's flying around and there's volume and weight and his suit looks badass. Yeah, man. We've gotten real lazy with these effects with this floating head, man. Mm -hmm. Boy. Yeah. Good. good, Yeah. Well said. Who's the master distiller on quantum mania. For me, it's Jonathan majors. Yeah. I'm ready to kind of travel with him a little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Not King-wise, but filmography-wise. Yeah, I, I think he's about to have his a moment, right? Yeah, I didn't give much attention to Beyond Lovecraft or Lovecraft County or Love, <laughs> Love whatever the hell that thing was. I forgot about that show. Yeah, he was in that. Um, I think I might, whatever that is. Was that HBO Max, yeah, right? Maybe yeah. it's just called Lovecraft or whatever the hell that is. Uh, I think I'm going to give that a go, man. Okay. Because he's really good in Creed Three, also. I can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Uh Tease, ladies, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, I'm giving it to Pfeiffer. It was just, it was yep. just reaffirmation of a. They haven't used this character nearly enough because she's been in the quantum realm, mm-hmm. but she's really good. And recently, I revisited one of her films that I really like. What lies beneath? Also, pretty good. Speaking of Mister Zemeckis, Gump. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one fine day. Oh, her and Clooney. Yeah. Like, and it's early Clooney, but it's like ER Clooney, right? kind of a sweet little romantic comedy it's funny it's charming their their chemistry is really good mm-hmm. i dig that it's it's kind of a cool new york backdrop film it's on, i think it's on hbo max if you're curious but that film used to be on all the time on hbo in the day yeah she's really good in it she's really good in it okay good how, how are you gonna rate and grade quantum mania we have rock gut as the bottom of the barrel we have well it's your five to six dollar drink if you're lucky at the bar you have your your call, middle of the road, your single barrel, unique and one of one of a kind, and then your top shelf, the tippy top, best of the best. Where are you going this week? Well, I'm not going to give it full rot gut. There's a little bit mm-hmm. of salvageable here. Mostly it's Kang. Mm-hmm. I guess the old wasp, if you want to go, which we're not going to get much with that, Jesse. It is what no, that no, is. I know, I know. But Kang saves it enough for me to keep it from being, I can't even swallow this, it's so bad. With a good, good mixer and a chaser. <laughs> maybe you can get through it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you? I think I'm with you. It's yeah. just it's just another blah Marvel yeah. film. Yeah. The other problem, too, is like, you know, with some of the older ones, like 
I've revisited Civil War a few times, uh, Infinity War quite a few times. That original Avengers, I probably have maybe seen the most of any of the film in, in the MCU. There's some replayability in a lot of those. When am I ever going to put on Quantumania for fun, Matt? Like, it's just like, and who's doing that? I'd rather go watch Blowout. <laughs> yeah. When you have extra time to kill and you want to watch a film just because you want to watch something and you've got that much time not to watch something you haven't seen the first time. Yeah. And this is one of your options. There's a lot of options. This is one of them. There's no, no there's way. no way. There's no way. Did you like this more or less than Love and Thunder? <laughs> I think I liked it a little bit more just because that was kind of a pretty huge swing and a miss for me. God, that's tough, man. Yeah, that's like asking, do you want to watch Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 or Rob Zombie's Halloween 1? <laughs> Let me think about it in this terms. If I had to watch one of them again, which of the two would I probably watch again? I probably would watch Love and Thunder again mm. sooner than I watch this one. But okay. Boy, that's even... T- I don't know. It's probably pretty close though, right? I don't know. Yeah, it's very close. All righty. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Oh, to your rating. To your rating. To our frustrations. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's, it's the MCU thing, right? Oh, we're toasted, so that's good. There you go. Let's dive right into our flight question. I guess that's okay. <laughs> I guess. I guess it's okay. I'll take Forrest Gump's floating little feather melody over that. <laughs> yeah. Flight nightcap. We did for the first half of this, most heroes. Let's do bads. Yeah. Underutilized bads in the film. Three, three, two, two, one, one. Yeah. You go first this time. Killmonger. Because he's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the, the thing at the end of the day, right? Is they killed these guys off after the end of each one of these. Films. Way too soon. Yeah. Some of them get to survive. A lot of them don't. Killmonger wasn't just a Black Panther bad guy the way they could have used him. That could have been the crux of what could have been a very cool mercenary team. Yeah. And as we go down the road now with what's coming with like the Thunderbolts. He could have been in there. Damn right, he could have been in there, and he could have been in there either as one of the Thunderbolts or or one of the bads that the Thunderbolts are trying to bring down, but not now. Interesting, yeah. One film. One film. And his little cameo, right? Well, I guess he did, but you know what I mean, one film where he wasn't just a force sure, ghost. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. All right, that's my three, your third. Uh, my number three, uh, I don't know if controversial, because um, I know you really like the film a lot, um, but Dormammu. Uh, yeah, it's kind of a big character, huge bad guy, a bit huge. Yeah. Big character that it was kind of only used as like this ploy to confuse him. Right. Yeah. Uh, cause he, he kind of, he can shrink down to kind of a formidable size. Uh, he's really cool in my Marvel game. Uh, mine too. His character. Speaking of which, the Modok was the character that they gave for this film. And dude, he looks ridiculous in that game. How weird they made Modok look ridiculous. I know. Right. Um, but yeah, Dormammu, I think there, there can be some playing there and I, who knows what they're going to do with strange going forward him and the adventures of Clea. Right. Uh, I don't know where that's going, but man, they got to get Dormammu back into this thing. And Mephisto, like these devil demon creatures, they got to be floating around here somewhere. Love that. 
good one. I didn't thought about that. That's a mm. great one. Okay. Number two, man, maybe the biggest waste, this isn't my number one, but this might be the biggest waste of what could be a pretty awesome villain in the MCU is Taskmaster. Boy, did they fuck that up in Black <laughs> Widow. Again, maybe I'm on a mercenary thing here, so maybe you might know where I'm going with number three. Yeah. But that was that was awful. Yeah. In a pretty bad film, <laughs> an even worse villain. And to not let Taskmaster look like it's supposed to look. Yeah. That like, skull with the white Grim Reaper thing is killer. Yeah. Like Literally. A, like, a, like a skeleton. Dude, Skeletor. The ability to absorb the way he's attacked fisticuffed wise, that's a big, awesome villain. Yeah. Not yeah. in that film. Yeah. Do you know Taskmaster is used really good in that Spider-Man game for the PlayStation? Yes. Yeah, he's he's like a side quest that you have to fight. Yep. yep. Oh man, uh, yeah, really good, huge waste. But man, is it worse than uh, the battles in Cloud City up there? No. <laughs> Best spin. <laughs> Best spin. Good. Bad movie. Bad movie. Number two for me is Red Skull. Oh god, uh, yeah, good one, dude. Caps, dude, that's all Caps got. Yep. yep. I guess I'll take his daughter's sin, but. Red Skull's all he's got, and he got evaporated by the Tesseract in the first film. And I know he showed up again as kind of a, a, a stone ghost <laughs> yeah. uh, for the stone, but yeah, I don't want that. You know, and I know Hugo Weaving had very, a lot of difficulties working on these films. Dude. He saw through the veil before I did. Yeah. Uh, but I think that was a mistake killing him off in the 40s, dude. They, they could, I, I, you know what I thought for the longest time? I thought the big twist when I was watching Winter Soldier. I thought Robert Redford was going to peel back a face skin and it was going to be Red Skull. That would have been awesome. Yeah, right? Because mm-hmm. he's done that before where he's like the president, right? Yeah. Red Skull, President Skull? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a waste doing away with him because I don't know what the hell New World Sam Cap is going to fight. Bucky? <laughs> Again. Again. Yeah, good one. Thank you. Number one for me, it's come up before, you know, I'm so pissed about the way this character has been used. The yeah. good news is there's still some, he's still alive. So maybe it's Zemo. Yeah. Man, you build me a Merc team of Zemo, Taskmaster and Killmonger and bring it the fuck on yeah. street level Avengers. That's a movie. I'm there opening night and probably the next day too. That's what I want versus mm-hmm. Sam versus Spidey versus whoever, whatever thrown the new black widow, Whoever the hell she want to put in there. Yelena, right? Yeah. If she's going to be a good guy or bad guy still up in the air. Haley Steinfeld. Like, yeah, I'll I'll go see that movie too. Uh, Yeah. With, yeah, that's the movie I'm ready for now. Give me those three mercs. You don't want his, you remember his little dancing jig in in Winter's (laughs) Soldier? Where were they? They They were in the X-Men place in... uh, Xavier Institute? No, in Korea. Mm. Oh my God, what is that town called? No, 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 it's the town where all the... Oh, um... God. Madripoor. Yes, yes. Whew. You remember? Remember he I was do. at the club and he was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, I don't want that Zemo. Give me, dude, purple ski mask. Mm-hmm. Give me some ruffles on his thing. Give me, get, put a sword in his hands and do let's go to town. Yeah. My number one's Ultron. Yeah. Again, the, How could it not the be? bad weekend of Ultron. And then they're just kind of done with that character. Like, again, we I know you don't love sentient AI no. infiltrating the system, but, like, that guy has the power of vibranium, of vision, of Stark tech, uh, to really do a lot of damage. And I, I can't believe that, like, they just had, like, one and done. And the Marvel What If show, they did a cool episode with him where he was Infinity, where what if Ultron got the Infinity Stones? Yeah. Dude, he was unstoppable. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, and I kind of like James Spader's voice. I mean, that's not my problem. Spader and Ultron are not my problems with that film. His goal is, and the pacing of that film is my problem with that film. Mm-hmm. But yeah, bring me back James Spader and bring back the Ultron. I think it's just better. It's more than a one and done, which is what they seem to be doing around that time. One and done Yellow Jacket. One and done Killmonger. One and done uh, Ego. Dude, mm-hmm. Ego eats planets, people. Yeah. We just burned in the last three minutes. <laughs> Red Skull, Dormammu, mm-hmm. Ultron, Killmonger, Taskmaster, and Baron Zemo. Yeah. Those are big. Those are... Dude, that's a starting lineup. It's more than a starting lineup. And the problem you're getting to is you're running out of outs. Yeah. Yeah, now you can't kill these people off. Yeah, we're getting to the C and D list, right? And that's the reason that their C and D list after 60 years of writing is because those characters are not great. Mm-hmm. Hence, hence Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Quantumania. Yeah. That's why Namor was kind of like a breath of fresh air because mm-hmm. he's a big time player. And thankfully, dude, Kugler and crew didn't kill him off. Yeah. Because he can still float around some of these things as a hero, possibly. But that's a capper on Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium. Go check it out. Wait for this thing to come out on Disney+. Plus. It'll be there in a month. Maybe next weekend. (laughs) It's going so fast. (laughs) Do you dive into Mandalorian Season 3 yet? Not yet. Not yet? Yeah. I actually started over again, if you can believe that. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to revisit it. No, the one we're doing that I know you're going to love when you get to right now is Your Honor. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about that one. Yeah. Boy, there's Cranston. There's some, I know we didn't do the Patreon stuff anymore, but the Mm -hmm. TV stuff with the Patreon, there's a lot of fertile ground right now, Jesse. Yeah. You know what else we're doing too, kind of on the side, because I can't watch Your Honor with my daughter. Yeah. We're doing The Flash, finishing up season five of The Flash. Okay. And that is a rock solid, silly teen show. That is a rock solid YA show, man. I loved The Flash. It's real. Did you get through the whole thing? No, no, no. I think we, up to three, I think I got. Okay, so four was a little bit of a letdown, but this fifth season, and it's Chris Klein as the bad guy as this character. Chris oh, Klein! I know. Oh, my God. Terrible dude. actor. Terrible actor. But, dude, bringing him from the depths, dude. Yeah. Oz, Oz from American Pie. Yeah. Here we go. Um, And I kind of know what's coming because I've read ahead a little bit. Man, to all of Ezra Miller's problems, and I wish that guy, all of God's grace, that he can rectify whatever disaster yeah. of a life he's leading. Yeah, he needs some help. Thank God that they have cast... Grant Gustin. Grant Gustin... Because he is the perfect Flash. I've heard a lot of rumor about, you know, Ezra's done, dude. It's like career suicide, right? Yeah. That the replacement's going to be Gustin. That's what I heard, too. Just continue on with him and whatever this Flash film, which I'm actually excited to see, by the way. Yeah. I thought that trailer was awesome. Uh, That's a great move. They Mm -hmm. couldn't make it soon enough. Yeah. Announce it now before the film comes out. Right now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, excellent. It's a lot of fun. I love talking superheroes with you. I mean, you're, like, you're I. the only, like, comic book, like, nerd. nerd. Like, you're the only one that I think, like, like reads comic books like like I did yeah. growing up and still do. Like, yeah. I'm reading Ant-Man season one. I'm going to, I'm almost done with it. It's a terrific read. And if you guys don't subscribe to Marvel Unlimited, it's the entire Marvel catalog from, like, there's stuff from World War II. Like, mm-hmm. it's a great investment if you want to read some of these legendary comic lines. And I can't read to read this omnibus of Kang. Yep. Like, we'll have to trade that one. So okay. we know what that we're talking about. Exactly. But doing here, that for you out there, everybody. But here's a cask that we've been talking about for years to come. We've been waiting for this final film to come out. Not final. I don't even know if it's final, but the next film to come out. Uh, and it's the Creed franchise. The announced Creed 3 came out yesterday. And we're going to take a deep dive into this franchise because it's all about boxing and the Rocky franchise and 
Go back and listen to when we did one through six. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. That was awesome. That was awesome. Uh, I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to revisit these Creed films. So good. Yeah. I've only seen them. This might seem as a Rocky sacrilegious thing. I've only seen them the once in the theater. Oh, no. But just been... But I loved them when mm -hmm. I saw them. Like, I knew they were, like, really great and enjoyable films. So the revisit on this, I just, I can't wait to do it. Creed 2 lately has been my daughter's go-to. Really? Watch Creed 2? I'm like, hell yeah, baby, let's oh watch Creed 2. Creed 2, the the pseudo-sequel to Rocky 4, but a quasi-reboot of Rocky 3. Wow, well said, yeah. But it's a sequel to Creed 1. <laughs> it's just, it's it so smart. has all those beats, and it's, I can't wait to talk about it. We're going to have a guest on, on the Creed 2 episode. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to get into the theater to see part three. Creed one, Creed two, Creed three. When are you going to go? Are you going to go this week? I'll probably go closer to when we cut the episode, but uh, they're all on HBO Max right now, so they people are. have a way to check them out. Yep. Check them out. It's a good evening. Cheers to you, Matt. Cheers to the listeners. Uh, you know, let us know, dude. You have the same frustrations at us. Let us know on any of the social media platforms or Productions at gmail.com. Check out Public. Get your Smile swag. Well, maybe we'll throw up some Creed swag there for the next coming weeks. Yeah. But I got to get going. I'm going to go zip through the quantum realm and see if I can undo the timeline where these movies are good again. <laughs> well, I've already got you beat. I've already snaked a couple of PIM particles from Hollywood Studios in California, oh, and go. I'm already in the writer's room fixing this disaster <laughs> of Phase 5. Dude, uh, if you, I'll, I'll come join you. You have me a PIM particle... Uh, Pork chop sandwich or the tenderloin sandwich. You know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about? Yeah, dude, that thing's like as big as, <laughs> as big as the tray that it comes on. Exactly. We'll see you all next week, everybody. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you in the dark. Thank you for listening to Rye Smile Films. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to leave us a rating and a review while you're there. It really helps out the show. And for Rye Smile Films merchandise, go to tpublic.com. Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, is property of Marvel Studios and Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures. And no copyright infringement is intended. Until next time, cheers. You thought you could win. I don't have to win. We both just have to lose. I'm sorry, Cassie.